following podcast is part of the Underdog Sports Podcasting Network. For a full list of our shows, as well as breaking sports news and engaging feature stories, visit us at www.theunderdogsports.com. Yeah, welcome to another episode of the Functional Sportsaholic, or as we like to call it, the Sports Talk Revolution. We are proud partners of the Underdog Sports Podcasting Network, and through that partnership, you can also find us on Podcast One. Today, you are listening to Sean Ryan and Sam Van Dam. Sam, what's going on, man? What is up, my dude? How are you? Ah, man, I'm good. I'm good. Uh, You know, this week's been a little nutty uh, in the old personal life, but that's a personal problem, so we won't go into that here. But uh, yeah, things are good. You know, trying to get work... um, you know, work and home life and all that stuff kind of situated, but uh, all good things. Um, it's been uh, been a wild last couple of weeks, but uh, I'm here. So, how about you, man? How's, how's it going? It's good, man. You know, we're uh, we're at like 50 degrees today, and everybody around <laughs> here thinks that it's you know they're oh, yeah. uh, they're trekking across uh, the the cold frontier. You know, every every <laughs> chick every chick has their Uggs on and their you know. These big, uh, big coats or whatever furry, or furry coats on. I'm like, uh, it's fifty. Like, yeah. <laughs> it's not you know, it's not twenty below. Yeah, I. It's uh, as you know, Sam. So we everybody, you know, we record these on Wednesdays. Is uh, if you're a return listener, you know, and you're probably sick of me saying, but uh, so today in Chicago land, uh, the high is minus fifteen. I believe right now it's minus twenty ish. Uh, you know, the news, of course, because like all the news, when there's anything weather related, the news just completely shuts down and then they override all the other broadcasts so that they can talk about how cold it is. It's like, wear a jacket, give me a break. But, um, <laughs> you know, today they're saying, you know, basically if you go outside, um, you could be susceptible to frostbite within five minutes of being outside, which is kind of a crazy thing to think about. I haven't gotten a chance to go outside today. I'm going to do that thing. I was on our group text, um, as we call it, the Goonies on our group text with Gooch and Steve, the basket weaver. I said, I'm going to go outside and you know take the take the cup of water and throw it in the air and see if it freezes into ice pellets when it comes down, because I think it is that cold outside. So I'll check. Yeah. I'll try that. But I just haven't gotten around to that today. Hey, uh, for everybody listening, uh, we're going to go through. Obviously, it's a Super Bowl week, right? So uh, Bavada Sportsbook.com has a ton of information. I actually, Sam, I went through with Brad on um, a ton of uh a ton of prop bets. So Bavada released like a, um, you know, their prop bet list and we read right. through, I don't know, like 15 or 20 of them and we did our picks. So they're pretty interesting. I might run a couple of those past you, my favorite <laughs> ones, um, just to, to get through. Cause they always kind of make me laugh. But right. um, uh, we went through that uh, on the, on the podcast that dropped earlier this week. So that's pretty cool. If you're interested and you check that out. Um, Brad and I had a lot of fun with that, but uh, yeah, we're going to talk a little bit. I want to talk a little bit about uh, about Duke uh, because I saw a little bit of hyper hyperbole, uh, super hype um, for Duke. Which I, yeah, I know Duke's going to get some hype, but I, I heard something that kind of made me pause. So I'll hit you with that later um, live here, Sam. I didn't prime you for that, but what I did ask uh, Sam to do for our listeners out there is is because he's such a Duke enthusiast. I asked him to to think about you know his top five you know recent Dukies that made the NBA, and this is going to be in support of my conversation a little bit later. Um, obviously, we're going to talk a little bit about the Super Bowl. Um, you know, I won't go and hit people over the head with it, but I do want to get, get into it. I want to talk a little bit. Actually, you know, a, a lot of news has popped up about the Redskins, which has kind of made me laugh, so I'll kind of get into that as well. And then we have the NBA, 
We got the Warriors. We got the Anthony Davis stuff. So I wanted to get um, Sam's uh, and and LeBron Crotch watch. I think we're in week five of that now. Maybe week four. I can't remember. But uh, I know I think he's coming back. So we'll get into the NBA a little bit later as well. But Sam, before we do, and man, anything uh, interesting happened to you this week? Um, let me see. Uh, no, nothing, nothing crazy, <laughs> man. You know, I, I try to keep the craziness, you know, at a, at a bay in my life. Yeah. Um, so yeah, nothing crazy. Um, yeah, I've just been watching a lot of basketball and, you know, uh, like we talked about last week, just super on the fitness, super on the, uh, working out. So, uh, you know, that along with work and being a parent, you know, um, dealing with dentist visits and all that fun yeah, stuff. Sure. Um, you know, I, I try to keep all the other stuff to a to a minimum. So, yeah, I hear you. I, uh, it's a good thing. I have a I have a young one who's sick at home and I can feel as we speak, I can feel myself getting uh, getting a little ill. So yeah, um, well, that's usually how it goes. It, you know, it goes in cycles around around the house. So, yeah, especially I, at that age, you know, once they get a little bit older and they get all those nasty germs and stuff that they usually catch from school out of their system, it's it's a little bit easier. Yeah, it's I'm giving a, a free plug here. They're not a sponsor, but I just pop some Zycam before the show, um, you know, and I'm just going to keep on that because I can't get I can't really afford to get sick. I was just sick like two or three weeks ago. We were just talking about. Yeah, we were sick in the. Uh, Everyone's been sick, man. Yeah. yeah. So, man, chug that, chug that OJ. We can get out, get out to the store, man. Yeah, I got some. So there's a grocery store that does the natural orange juice. So I picked up a couple of those yesterday, just in case, because you know nice. I always seem to get sick. So um, when when uh, when the young ones get sick, so. All right, so let's get into uh, to the Super Bowl a little bit. So Bavada has the Rams plus three, so that means Patriots are favored by three. Uh, you know, I don't want to get into too much of the analytics. Brad and I, you know, kind of handled that on the Get Paid podcast. If you want an in-depth dive and you want to, you know, hear a little bit more about the daily fantasy stuff and, and what we're thinking from a gambling perspective, I do encourage you to, to listen to that podcast because it is chock full of information this week. But, you know, Sam, I think we talked a little bit last week about the game. Um, official prediction, what do you think? Who do you think is going to win, first of all? And then, you know, who, what do you think? think that the final scoring margin is going to be if you just had to guess today uh patriots by 14 oh wow you think patriots are going to come out and hand it to them yeah i really do man. yeah <laughs> I, I, <laughs> I mean i could be i could be wrong but uh just based on experience and um the patriots look really loose if you've seen any of the press conference you know stuff and and the rams look tight as hell man like i don't know they just you know it's yeah. none of these guys have ever been here before and I feel um, like, you know, they, they got it down. So. I, I'm totally I'm totally with you. I, I think it's going to be a little bit closer than that, but I do see Patriots winning. And, you know, something I, we didn't talk about on the Get Paid podcast, but we'll talk about it here because, Sam, you know, this is kind of a recurring theme is, you know, we talk about analytics a lot. Um, and I'm very, very, like, pro-analytic um, when it comes to regular season. Um, I think mm-hmm. that they do a great job of predicting, you know, what what players are going to do. That's part of what the Get Paid podcast is. You know, we, we run analytics against players for fantasy and daily fantasy to project. We've done quite well uh, this season um, with that. You know, a lot of people, a lot of our listeners have made some serious cash just listening in and, and taking our tips and just playing blank lineups that we throw out there. So, I mean, we're, we're pretty good, right? And um and I say that not to toot our own horn or anything, but because I just want to let people out there that if you're pro-analytic, I really, I truly am with you. But as Sam and I have said on this podcast number, you know, a number of times, playoffs are such a different animal. And when you talk about things like the Super Bowl, Sam, you hit the nail on the head for me, man. Is the Patriots come in loose and the uh, the Rams just look tight? 
you know? And yeah. it's one thing to be intense. I'm cool with intensity and I'm cool. Mm-hmm. With, yeah, I'm even cool with a little bit of tightness if it is like an right. intensity. Like, like if you're thinking about like boxing match, right? Like, right, right, right. Like these two people square up the, the night before the fight and they're at their weigh in or whatever and they're looking at each other mm-hmm. and there's, there's that tension and they look a little tight. I'm cool with that because they're just, they're in the zone. But the Rams just look the wrong kind of tight for me. Yeah, I saw like they had a joint interview type thing with with golf and brady oh yeah golf is just kind of staring at brady like he's in <laughs> awe you know and they're like you know they asked tom brady like do you do you do you have any advice for him he's like i'm not giving him any advice <laughs> and like golf's face you know and brady's just kind of got like a chuckle on his face and like golf like literally looks like he like shit himself yeah like he you know, it's like, where am I? Like, what am I doing here? This is crazy. Well, it's got to be surreal. One of the things Brad and I said is like, look, you know, um, like Brad told me that he saw like a meme or something where uh, Tom Brady's playing the Rams in like the 2000, 2002 season, whatever the season was when yeah. he played Kurt Warner. And they it, and it showed like, you know, a little Gronkowski on a blanket watching the game, you know, like all yeah, these like young players. Yeah. Okay. So like, I didn't see that, but he was describing it to me. And it's like mm-hmm. golf, man. Golf is, what is he, 24-ish, right? Right. Brady's been playing for 17 years. That means golf was seven when Brady came into the league. That I mean, conceivably, his first memory of the Super Bowl would, would have been with Tom Brady in it, right? Right. So, like, I can remember the first Super Bowl that I remember watching was when I was about five years old, and it was Doug Williams lighting up the uh, the Denver Broncos. And the only reason I remember that is because my family was such a pro Redskins family that it was a really big deal. I don't really right. remember the first Super Bowl I watched. I, I think it was actually... Like the first Super Bowl I watched as a fan was that uh, Buffalo Bills New York Giants Super Bowl where the you know okay. Norwood missed it. So that was right around that eight to nine to ten age range. Right. So you got to think, man, golf's first Super Bowl because the Patriots went on a run there. That was their, right. their dynasty. He probably that was his first Super Bowl memory, and now he's sitting next to this guy. And yeah. he's got to play him. That's a that's a big deal, man. That is such a big deal. And so like so, Brad and I were talking. Again, for everybody who doesn't listen, I, I definitely suggest you uh, you look in you know you look into that podcast because there's a lot more information in this. But just to kind of repeat, Brad and I said, look, we see it. We both agreed on this. We see it one of two ways: either the Patriots run away with it, which is kind of where you're leaning, or the Patriots win kind of a close game, but they control the game all along, right? So it's right. like it, it, what I what I suggested was I think the Patriots are going to go into to halftime with like a double digit lead. You know, mm-hmm. it, it could be like 21 to 10. Maybe it's 21 to 8. Maybe it's not quite double digits, but it's high point lead. And then maybe the Rams come out and outscore the Patriots in the second half, but it's never going to be in question. That's kind of how both Brad and I are leaning. So I'm with you, man. I, like, I, I think if I had to pick today, I would pick Patriots by about five. Right. And I think that's a late five. I think it's, you know, the, the Rams get a late touchdown to push it to that five. I don't think the game will be in doubt. Yeah, and some of that could be, you know, and I, and I agree with you a little bit because I, I McVay is so is so good that I right. don't see him getting getting blown out. Um, but you know, as as you've seen with the Patriots, it doesn't. I mean, when they played Atlanta and it was twenty eight three, and they, you know, and they came back like, and that was what was that at halftime? Yeah, it's twenty three. Yeah, it's like crazy. Yeah, and. You know, most teams would just not be able to do that. And they just never looked like defeated and kind of knew like they were going to come back and win. Yeah. Mental toughness. Mental toughness is a big deal. And that's that's the thing in analytics that you can't really measure. 
And so, like, in a regular season Week 8 game, if the if these two teams were playing, I might even take the Rams if this were a regular season game because right. my, all my analytics are, are screaming at me to take the Rams. My analytics are saying Rams are going to win the, the game by a point or two. And then if you add in that spread, so, you know, Rams plus three, that my, my analytics are telling me Rams are going to basically, you know, be plus four, plus five in this game um, against the spread. But I'm going against the analytics because they don't measure... They don't measure, you know, if, if golf is, you know, crapping himself before the game. And um, and I said this last year, too, when the when the Patriots. So, you know, here's a little bit of, uh, you know, I guess devil's advocate here. I did say the same thing last year, but I got everything. All my predictions I got right in the Super Bowl last year. I had the Patriots covering the spread. I think it was Patriots minus five or something like that. The one thing I got wrong was that I thought Foles was going to crumble, and I underestimated basically the balls of steel of Nick Foles. And I think everybody in the freaking world did, by the way. But I thought Foles was going to throw two interceptions in that game and that the Patriots were going to cover the spread by you know because of that. And Foles ended up coming out, playing lights out, and I don't think he threw a pick in that game. And that was the difference in, in my projections. This game, I'm going to repeat that same thing. I'm going to say Goff is going to throw two interceptions uh, in this game, and that's going to be the difference in the spread for me. Yeah, the and I just don't see the Patriots losing two Super Bowls in a row. Um, not with not with Billy, yeah, Billy right. there. Right. Um, and you got to think too. You know, we saw Mahomes was super confident all year, and him last last week at home, just kind of with like a blank stare on his face. Yeah, he was a little you know, tight to start. Him, yeah, and that's not even a Super Bowl, you know, but you have to look across the field and see who you're playing against. And that, that, that mental advantage and just that advantage of them seeing Brady and Belichick is, it has to, it has to get into your head. Yeah. I, I don't, I don't care who you are. Another one of those lines that I loved, um, you know, from Bavada, and it was funny. So I was talking with Brad again on the podcast, and Brad actually, <laughs> in the middle of the podcast, he fired up his computer and made this bet. So there's a line, there's a first half line of Patriots minus 0.5. So it's a half a point. So if the Patriots go into halftime with a one-point lead, you win your money. Um, and Brad, like, Brad heard that, and he made the bet right away. It might be my favorite bet of the whole NFL slate because I, I really think the Patriots, I think they're going to slow play it. I think they'll they'll try to run it down the throat, do exactly uh-huh. basically what New Orleans did to the Rams and what New England did to the to the Chiefs last week. Um, right. and, uh, and I think that they're going to go into halftime with a, with a pretty comfortable lead. I, it's hard for me to, to, to imagine a scenario where golf comes out and is loose enough to just hit his, hit his receivers. That was my big, um, my big criticism of him, you know, in the recent playoff games is like, he's making the throws, but he's not giving his receivers to run after catch ability. Like he, he just, he's just aiming the ball and that's not a criticism, man. It's just, it, you know, it comes with experience. He's, he's, it, it might take him a couple of tries to win Super Bowl. It did with Manning. I mean, it took him years of playoff, you know, um, right. And issues, you know, right? there's, yeah. And this is kind of like when, when Jordan owned the NBA, like you were playing him in the finals. Like there's a lot of good players that didn't win for a while. Or if all, or if at all, because of who they were playing against, and just you know, I, it's it's very similar to the same thing. Yep. You know, a Jordan and a Brady, or and a Federer and a Roddick, to to make a tennis right. analogy, is like you know, yeah. it's hard to get over the hump against these all timers. Right, and Brady is still playing at an all time level, so it's not even like you know, seeing Peyton Manning like the last year or two of his career, where you know he was still effective, but it wasn't still the Peyton Manning of of yesteryear it 
Tom Brady is still, you know, we th- we saw him throw a couple interceptions in that last game, and I don't. I, I'm sure that's eating at him. You know, we don't. We're not accustomed to seeing him throw stupid interceptions. So I don't. I don't look to, for him to have any in this game. To be honest with you, yep. He's going to be on laser focus. He will. He will. It's. It's. It. It'll be interesting. I'm looking forward to watching this game. Um, probably, you know, under a blanket and with like an ice pack on my head because I'm going to be sick. <laughs> let's hope not. Yeah, let's hope not. Um, so listen, I, I, I don't want to turn this into a, a big Redskins thing, but there were like three stories that hit this week and I just, I can't get I can't get away from it. It just makes me laugh <laughs> because it, it's, it's a little sad. And for, for anybody who's new to the show, um, our listeners know I grew up a Redskins fan. I've kind of distanced myself because I don't like Snyder. First thing that hit is Elizabeth Warren, the politician, um, you know, she's imposing that, that proposed uh, rich person tax like if you're making obscene amounts of money you have to pay a little bit more in taxes which i think basically 99.99999 percent of america doesn't care about because we're right. not that rich but right. um the one of the things she uh she did and sam i'm sure you saw this on my twitter is she tweeted out a picture of like the hundred million dollar yacht with an imax theater in it and it's like this nfl owner yada yada and as soon as i saw that i'm like you know i bet that's dan snyder <laughs> I bet that's Dan Snyder. And so I popped open the article, and it was Dan Snyder. I just laughed. I laughed because I'm just like, you know, this is a guy that can't read the room, you know? No, yeah. <laughs> I mean, he has yeah. absolutely – and he's rich. He can spend it on what – like I'm not I'm not like a super liberal or anything. I'm pretty moderate. Right. I, and in fact, if, if the if the idea of a moderate Republican still existed, that's what I would be. Um, you know, just actually being conservative with your money, you know, not trying to overtax people, but get the right amount of tax in there to, to do some reasonable things. You know, I'm moderate. I'm pretty middle. But, um, you know, so Dan Snyder spending a hundred million dollars on a yacht. Yeah, I don't care, you know, and that's why I kind of laughed about it. But it's it just, you know, where we are as a country today, it's funny <laughs> that that it's just so flashy and it's out there and it's in the press. Right. It's a very Dan Snyder thing to do. And I know he you know, he I know he's not releasing like press releases saying hey look at my yacht but you just right. knew he it was going to be him you just knew you know anyway and, and what, what's what's so funny about people that own yachts unless you're like on that yacht all the time why don't you just rent one I like i don't understand the ownership <laughs> of a yacht like it just seems like an absolute money pit like you can't tell me you're getting the full enjoyment out of that thing for how much you pay for it i know like, there's I, no way like I don't care how much money you have. This is a stupid, stupid thing to buy. I know it like, is. It is a money pit. Like, how often is he going to watch an IMAX movie on his yacht? Right. Right. Like, how often are you on it? You know, maybe a couple weeks out of the year. Think about Rent the docking. One. The docking the fees docking for something that fee yeah. for that big. Yeah, and I know he doesn't care about that stuff. But like, are you paying someone full time to scrub the barnacles off of it? Come on, get out of here, man. Yeah. A stupid thing to buy. I never got that. Like, even if I was like dirty rich. I would never own even jet skis because they're money pits. They break all the time. They're, you know, they're unreliable. You might as well just go out and rent them for the day if you have them. That way you just go return them. I, I just don't understand why like people like buy certain things that like it's just a jet ski. Like how often I live in Florida, but I'm not going to ride a jet ski all the time. And I just go rent them if I wanted them. Yeah, so stupid. Why? Yeah, he could he could go to Carnival or Royal Caribbean, um, and uh, and just rent out the boat for like a couple weeks for a lot right. less than a hundred million dollars. Like, how often do you think he's actually used that boat in his life? Like, exactly. how many? Seriously, like how many weekends? Uh, this open ended question. How many weekends do you think a guy like that, as busy as he is, how many weekends is he really going to be on that boat? Yeah, not. 
I mean, very ten, often. Maybe, maybe, you know? maybe ten. I think ten is a lot when you're thinking but about. That, but a boat that big is for like entertaining. So you're like throwing parties on this thing. When is he doing that? You know, like, what you, why do you need that? <laughs> I don't get it. Yeah, I just look. I so care. like, if if I, if if there are two thousand rooms on a Royal Caribbean or a Carnival, um, and a week long cruise were to take you know two thousand dollars a room, which is not. I mean, it's that's way. That's way. It's probably even. It's probably more like a thousand dollars. But let's just say, factoring in all the suites and all that, you could rent out one of those massive cruise liners for about four million dollars. So he could do that twenty-five times in his life, and then not have to pay the docking fees, mind you, for this stupid thing. Exactly. Or the captain's so fees, or like all this stuff, all the staff, like all that's paid for. Yeah, or he could take his whole staff out on a carnival cruise. That would be something nice to do. You yeah. know, like take the whole. The whole Redskins. You know, Redskins staff, you know, like out for a family cruise or something. Anyway, nah. so that's just that's just the first thing. The second thing that's I saw. Uh, yeah, I know. Right. Um, <laughs> the second thing I saw is that. Uh, so Alex Smith, at first they were coming out and saying, hey, the Redskins aren't closing the door on Alex Smith playing in 2019. And I'm like, come on, man. Alex Smith is not playing in 2019. <laughs> no. A 33 year old, 34 year old is not recovering from that injury that quickly. Maybe if he was 23 and he had like a hyperbaric chamber maybe and i'm saying that's a, that's maybe and i really seriously doubt it um alex smith is not coming back next year he might be back in 2020 i think maybe he can come back but he also had a pretty nasty infection but anyway so then the uh, the article says you know the redskins the 94 million dollar question again this is this only happens to washington this only happens to washington so they have a quarterback now that they can't waive they can't because the cap number is so staggering. If they waive him, I think that accelerates like $40 million of guarantees. They <laughs> can't. So they're stuck right. with this $20 million albatross like on their roster. They can't do anything with them. And right. so, so they're basically just saying, look, they don't have any shot at a Flacco. They don't have any shot at a Foles, like in free agency or a trade or anything. They don't have any shot because they can't afford it. So what you're looking at is maybe – well, what you're looking at most likely is Colt McCoy starting the season quarterback. Uh, in 2019 maybe you can draft a quarterback early um which frankly the redskins i i i can't i don't know their their draft pick it's probably in the like the 10 10 to 15 range i'm guessing right um they got to draft a quarterback and they'll probably trade too much to trade up for another quarterback um which will let me let me just have you pause that remember i said that the redskins will probably trade too much up for a quarterback in this year's draft (laughs) i'm gonna get back to that another story that dropped i saw yesterday sam clinton portis did you see this one clinton portis (laughs) you'll like this one clinton portis was asked while he was a redskin um the rumors were that he was taking shots of hennessy before kickoff okay I mean, I'd say I'd give the over on that. Yeah, he he said definitely. He said no, <laughs> yeah, I wasn't getting I wasn't getting drunk or anything. But it was just a turn up for me. I was getting pumped for the game. So before the game, he would take a dehydrating shot of Hennessy <laughs> during his Redskins stint. You wonder why, like, why his numbers drop between Denver and, and Washington. So yeah, goober. Now, um, getting back to that, remember that little uh, that little Easter egg, that little teaser I left you with the Redskins probably trading up too much. I just want to bring this up because I haven't brought this up yet. I've been meaning to for a couple of weeks. The, the the Los Angeles Rams are what the Washington Redskins would have been if they were just a, a well-run organization. So the Rams 
famously, uh, um, yeah, the Redskins traded up for Robert Griffin III, um, which mm-hmm. I don't fault the Redskins for that move because they had to make the move. They just had right. to. Um, so they traded up. Um, they gave like all these picks to to the Rams. You know, these picks, it turned out to be Donald. It turned out to be this. It turned out to be that. They built a roster. Um, they have quite a, a, a they had quite a um, an incoming crop of defensive talent. Now, I, have I gone through this? I don't feel like I've gone through this with you. Stan. No. OK, good. No. I just want to make sure I'm not repeating myself from last week because I had I had no. it in the notes, but we didn't get there. Now, listen to this. So years ago, um, when uh, when Gruden and Sean McVay and all of them were in Washington, uh, they had the opportunity to bring in a defensive coordinator, and Wade Phillips was available. And John, uh, I'm sorry, Jay Gruden, in uh, in his infinite wisdom, decided that he didn't he didn't like the energy of Wade Phillips, so he let Wade Phillips just go to Denver. Mm-hmm. You know why? Why would why would you want Wade Phillips? And, and, you know he only he only took him to the Super Bowl two freaking times or whatever it was. But uh, right. so he let him go and he got some piece of crap because that's what the Redskins do. They just usually import crap at the def- defense. And uh, <laughs> although they did play pretty well last year, um, before they waived the guy who came out and um, criticized the Washington defense coordinator. But okay, so the the Redskins could have had McVay, they could have had Gruden, they could have had Wade Phillips as their coaches. They could have had all of their draft picks if they had not traded RG3. But instead, what we get is the Rams taking all those draft picks and making them count. Uh, they get Sean McVay to run the offense. Sean McVay's first move as, an, <laughs> as a coordinator was to get Wade Phillips <laughs> Wade in the door. Phillips. And right. look at him. Two years later, in the, they're in the Super Bowl. Because Wade Phillips is not a good head coach, but defensive coordinator, he's very, very good. Yeah, he's a lot like Norv Turner, the 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 defensive right. version of Norv Turner. You don't want Norv Turner as a head coach. He's he's failed and struck out a lot of times. But as a coordinator, man, you want him on that staff. And Norv Turner and Wade Phillips, by the way, were coordinators on Marty Schottenheimer's fifteen and one Chargers team. So wow. I mean, these guys know how to be freaking coordinators. But there you go. So the the Los Angeles. Ramskins, um, basically the the team the team that Dan Snyder built. So Los Angeles, you're welcome for uh, continuously fleecing Washington. Maybe you'll get a chance to do it again. Maybe Washington will uh, will trade you some more draft picks and fortify, yeah, exactly. turn you into a dynasty. But my goodness gracious, you can't make you can't make that up. No man, that's incredible. This would be a comedy. Kind of, kind of weird to see the parallels. Oh gosh. So, I mean, it's a good thing. It's a good thing that it, like, I don't, I don't bleed, uh, you know, burgundy and gold anymore, but, uh, ay, ay, ay. that's, uh, I feel bad for any Redskins <laughs> fans out there because I know it, yeah, it would just, it would be depressing. It's too depressing to, to oh man, you were, you were a depressed Redskins fan. I mean, we had fun going to the games when you had yeah, season, the season tickets, tickets even yeah. though we lived in Florida. Um, but, <laughs> yeah, that was a hell yeah. of a commute. A 30 hour <laughs> commute to go see a Redskins game, which we did drive. annually. Drive. Yeah. yeah. The biggest Sunday of the year is finally here as the Los Angeles Rams go head to head with the New England Patriots in Atlanta. And Podcast One Sportsnet's got your game day coverage. Tune in to the Rich Eisen Show and the Dan Patrick Show for your daily game day analysis from the most iconic sportscasters around as RJ Bell of RJ Bell's Dream Preview and the host of the big podcast Shaquille O'Neal come at you live on the ground for the best game day coverage available. Download these shows and more each week on Podcast One Sportsnet or wherever you get your favorite sports podcasts. 
Getting tickets online can be far too complicated with hundreds of sites and varying levels of reliability. It's hard to know who to trust, and that's why SeatGeek is the way to go. SeatGeek pulls millions of tickets into one place so you can easily find the seats you want for a price you're willing to pay. There's nothing quite like being there in person, and SeatGeek will get you closer to the action for a great value. I love SeatGeek. I love this promo. It's awesome. It's my favorite promo that we've ever had here. Uh, you know, you just put the app on there. And you can find anything you want. So, like, I use it for comedy. I use it for music. And definitely I can use it for sports. Sam, you, I know you have the uh, the app. Have you used it for, like, multiple purchases like I have? Dude, I was on the app yesterday because John Mayer just announced his summer tour. Oh, so sweet. I was on the app. I was uh, uh, browsing around shopping my tickets and i will definitely be using SeatGeek when i purchase yeah man and uh muse for me like i I've, i'm a big muse fan i think they put on a great show um baroon five we've seen every now and then i'll wait for them to come back in town uh, we'll talk about them a bit with the super bowl too but um yeah man like muse is coming back i'm gonna use them hopefully to uh to get something uh in early april here in chicago land so that'd be awesome but anyway look i have the SeatGeek app on my phone sam does as well it's the easiest way i've found to shop for tickets we love it and we've been uh, avid users um you know ever since they came on board as a partner and we, I can't say enough about these guys they're awesome and best of all my listeners get $10 off their first SeatGeek purchase all you have to do like I said is download that SeatGeek app and enter in promo promo code SPORTSAHOLIC today that's S-P-O-R-T-S-A-H-O-L-I-C that's promo code SPORTSAHOLIC for $10 off your first SeatGeek purchase it is free money just download it put that uh, promo code in there and apply it towards a purchase it's just hey man it's free money and you get to go do something you like doing so go do it um, so let's move it on another. So, you know, Bavada's there. They're always uh, Bavada sportsbook.com. They're always all over, all over Duke, which they should be. Uh, but I saw another article elsewhere. I'm not sure if it was on the sportsbook uh, website or not. Um, but I saw like is uh, it was one of those articles, you know, is this the best college basketball player or will he be the, the, the best number one overall pick ever? And I thought, OK, well, that was just one of those click happy headlines right. right and i right. looked at it i thought Man, are they talking about zion and i looked and i clicked on it and sure enough they were and i just thought look you know i know i know he's good but i'm like i wanted to ask you about this and i haven't primed you on this at all so for our listeners i'm hitting you with this live you know i know you like your duke but come on really like is zion really that good no he's not even my favorite player on the team to be honest <laughs> with you i i think zion is great he's great for college basketball really great I see some, and I know people love it, and it's like a big story, and there's a lot of clickbait surrounding Zion, and he's, I mean, he seems like a great kid. I mean, I'm glad he's on my team um, as a uh, Duke um, homer, but I see some weaknesses in his game that may not translate to the NBA. That's exactly what I, I, I thought, like, you know, I know Blake Griffin has been, um, has been doing a lot to try to kind of transform his game and, and be more like the 2018, 2019 player that you want, maybe more of an outside jumper, all that stuff. But, like, he reminds me, Zion, of a of basically, like, Blake Griffin as a rookie. He doesn't strike me as a guy who's going to be able to come in and, and light the NBA on fire right away. I think he'll have a place, don't get me wrong, but he doesn't seem like somebody that's going to be you know, really dominant in the NBA. Yeah, there's just some, he's going to have to work on his jump shot, which he has a good stroke. So it's there. Um, we've just never seen a guy built like this, that is going to be able to translate in the way that the NBA is played right now. Right. It, it, he's, almost very, like a, he's almost like a shack back in the day because he's a big guy, kind of physically dominant, right? Right. He's I mean, he's like a Rodney Rogers or, oh, sure. you know, a Cedric Sabalis. Like he's more built like that, even a Charles Barkley. But 
the game is a lot more length, size, and shooting. Um, and he's athletic as hell. Believe me, I you know like I think he's a knee injury away from not being able to play anymore at all. <laughs> but um, this is a lot of weight coming down on those knees. It's hard to see dunks the ball too. Um, he just needs to make it through the season for me. Um, but I don't. I think the best actual the best player that's going to come out of this team is going to be Cam Reddish, who is their third option right now. But it's more like a Paul George and is still averaging really good numbers behind being being behind Zion and R.J. Barrett, who will be the number one, number two picks, respectively. Mm -hmm. But Cam will probably be a top six pick as well. Um, So, yeah, I mean, I wish well for the kid. I just he doesn't handle the ball great. Right. Um, He kind of gets. He gets in the air a lot and doesn't really know what to do with it. So, <laughs> you know, <laughs> that works right now because, you know, some of the guys that are coming up to take charges from you are 6-1 guards. You know, um, that may not work so well when you're all the guys you're playing against are an average of 6-7. <laughs> um, so we'll, we'll see. He'll have to make some adjustments. and How tall is Zion? We'll go for they say six eight, but I don't think yeah. he's six eight. I think he's more in the six six, six and a half, six six and a half, six maybe six seven range. He's not six eight because I see him stand next to some of these like, you know, women reporters on the sideline. I'm like, they're not that much shorter than him. And usually when you see that on these sidelines, you're like, all right, this is definitely a big parallel. Right. It's a little bit different when you have Jay Billis out there who's about six nine himself. But when you see some of these shorter women out there and then you see Zion and, you know, there's a little bit of a height discrepancy, but not not outlandish, which sure. you would expect to see. So. All right. So then they got me thinking, like, who are who are your favorite Duke basketball players that have actually made some noise in the NBA? Because I know you're going to have like, you know, like I know one of your all time favorites, for example, is like Jay Will. And, uh, you know, unfortunately, his NBA career was cut short, uh, you know, due to injury and all that stuff. So, um like NBA players that have made noise, or I'm sorry, Duke players that have made noise in the NBA, and more recent, like Christian Leitner, I know, you know, made some, you know, he gets a bad rap because of how hyped he was coming out of college, and he was on the, the dream team and stuff. He never really had like a crazy good NBA, like you know, he wasn't he's like a star. My, he's actually on my list. Oh, okay, all right. So he's let's just start on with my him list then. for a couple different reasons. Um, well, let me uh, pull that up real quick because yeah. I have some stuff to go with that. Um, you know, obviously Duke has been my team since a young kid. So there's a lot of players on there that are my favorites. And obviously some of them haven't panned out. Bobby Hurley, Jay Will, um, you know, some guys like that. Jeff Capel, who's now the coach of uh, Pittsburgh. So I, I have a lot of favorite Duke players, usually guards. Um, but you had asked me to put this t- together, this list of guys, pro careers, Right of NBA players. So I do have Christian Leitner on there. He was the third overall pick. He was on the dream team and he did make an all-star game. Um, he did play in the league for 13 years mm-hmm. and overall for Duke hasn't had the greatest NBA players um, for a school that produces a good amount of them these days. When we're talking upper echelon for a guy to play 13 years, make an all-star game, be the third overall pick and be on the dream team. 
he had to go on my list. Yeah, and you know, I, I was just kind of getting around when you mentioned that he was on your list. I was just going to say that I think his NBA career is actually underrated. Like, I think he's a victim of his own college hype. Like, he right. he, he had a, he had a nice run there. He had a nice run. And actually, you know, I know he's not a dookie, but uh, is it Collison, the guy, um, the, the the old Supersonic? Yeah, and the, yeah, and, um, yeah. and Thunder uh, player that retired. Like, he's another guy that, yeah, he, he was huge in college, but he had a really nice run as an NBA player. Like, he did he did pretty well for a long time. So, uh, good Yeah, they're retiring his jersey. In, yeah, uh, OKC, as well they should. So, they should, yeah, man. He was there yeah. for forever. Forever. Good guy, good yep. teammate, did everything the right way. So Christian Leitner is on there. Mm-hmm. So um, we'll probably start with uh, – I'll start with Kyrie Irving. Um, sure. First number – he was first overall pick, uh, seven-time All-Star so far, 2017 champ, and obviously, you know, one of the ten best players in the league currently. And um, only played, I think, 11 games at Duke because he hurt his um, – Hurt his leg, but it's still real connected to the program. Does a lot of things for them. Does a lot of gives them a lot of gear. Um, you know they use him in a lot of recruiting stuff. So Kyrie um, would be on there. Um, Grant Hill, um, even though a lot of people say he didn't have a great NBA career, he still was a seven-time All Star. Uh, third overall pick, which I thought was crazy that he was third. Yeah, um, I was trying to see who was ahead of him. But and I his think Pistons that was, career, young, early on, before that injury, before he had like micro, before basically Orlando ruined his career. Right, <laughs> R- rookie of the year, um, and he's a Hall of Famer. Yeah, so uh, that's you know, Hall of Fame takes into account both your NBA and your college. You know, it's just mm-hmm. your basketball career. So you really, I mean, if he's a Hall of Famer, you can't really. Uh, <laughs> You, you can't I can't leave him off the list. Mm-hmm. Um, Elton Brand. Elton Brand was the first overall pick, two time all star, um, played 14 years in the league and now is the GM of the 76ers. Clippers. Is, is that where he played? Clippers and Bulls. OK. And oh, then, yes, yes, yes. And then ended his career with the 76ers as like, uh, you know, kind of like a player coach type deal, like where you're just on the team for to you know, mentor Joel Embiid and yeah. stuff like that. Um, then I have Carlos Boozer, who okay. was a beast in college. And I was really surprised to find out that he was the 30 pit, 35th overall pick Wow! in the 2002 draft. Holy moly. Yeah. What were people like, thinking? He was a beast in college too. helped them win the 2001 and, uh, NCAA championship was an absolute beast. Uh, you know, that's, um, that's one of those players that I'm surprised, and especially around the time he got drafted. Um, I'm surprised that one of those, te- because you always see like the, the teams um, late in the NBA that the ones that are really well run, a lot of times they'll snap up some of those, um, some of those college studs that have slipped. I would have thought right. maybe the Spurs would have like picked him up or something like that, but they, that was probably a draft. They got Tony Parker in or something, you know, they probably got some other stud <laughs> for this, for the Spurs, but yeah, well, I think, yeah. And I think, yeah, Tony Parker was a late pick too. Um, that was, you know, that was the year before LeBron. Or two years before LeBron. He played one year in Cleveland before yeah. LeBron, and then LeBron came. And then they had like a handshake. It was a big deal of him leaving. But he got he got a lot of money from uh, Utah. Utah. And then I had a really very... good career in Utah and, and Chicago 
was really re- really had a really good career with those two uh, franchises. I was I, I was very critical of him actually leaving Cleveland because I remember I remember thinking, man, if you, if your boozer money aside, right, um, right, uh, money aside, let's just say all things were equal, why would you leave Cl- Cleveland and LeBron to go to Utah? I, I just I never understood why you would leave LeBron James at that point. But Dan Gilbert, yeah, I hear you. The I hear worst you. owner in the NBA. So I don't. I you know I used to kind of like hold that against Carlos because I heard about the whole thing. But the more I've read about it and seen like the interactions of Dan Gilbert and how the players really don't like him, there's going to be books written one day about how (laughs) crappy this guy is. Um, And, you know, LeBron did him a solid by coming back and winning that championship. But I, I heard they've maybe said five words to each other ever since that you know, yeah, he did that for the city. Happened. He didn't. He didn't yeah. do that for. And I'm looking at the draft, by the way, the Boozer draft. Um, and uh, and the San Antonio Spurs did biff it that year. They they got some guy named uh, John Salmons um, okay. out of Miami, and they did. He was a senior in Miami. Um, but my yeah. goodness, how who was you, the number one overall pick that year? Was that year was Yao Ming? Yao Ming, Jay Wilt second. Yeah, Dunleavy third, another yeah. Dookie. Uh, all Dookies. Yeah, yeah all okay. Dookies. Drew Gooden, that yeah. was the Drew Gooden draft. Oh. Nene, Chris well, Wilcox. Amari Stoudemire, I remember that one. Karan well, Butler. Chris Wilcox. Chris Wilcox was good. Yeah, he never kind of really panned out in the NBA, though. Man. No. He was explosive no. at my uh, at Maryland. I was watching Maryland a lot. Maryland was so NCAA. good. Yeah, man, because I was a big Maryland. Uh, I mean, I still kind of like root for Maryland, but it, um, I was a huge Maryland fan back then. Well, that's the year they won, 2002. Yeah. Maryland won, and they're the only team that's ever won a championship without having at least one McDonald's All-American on their team. Yeah, it was uh, Gary Williams back in the day, full suit. Yeah, Juan, Juan Dixon. and mm, yeah, yeah. That, was good, that, was, good. that was a fun team, and they used to give Duke a lot of trouble when they yeah, were Yeah, and vice versa. That was a, there yeah. were some tense tense games that we would watch back in the day. Good. Yeah, it's good. Anyway, back to the so, list. Yeah, I mean, that was my five. Um, and then, of course, J.J. Reddick's having, you know, he's had a much better career than I thought he would. Um, totally changed his body. Is actually playing the best he's ever played at the age of 34. Um, and he'll get a, you know, some teams are going to really go after him this summer. I could see the Lakers really going after him because they're going to need shooting. Um, so yeah, that's, you know, those are my, those are my NBA dookies. What about uh, Cherokee parks? <laughs> Cherokee <laughs> parks had a good little career. Yeah, he, 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 he did a lot better than I thought he would. <laughs> he actually works for the NBA now and he's all tatted up. Yeah, I know. He works in their He works in their community relations department or whatever and he's out doing stuff so yeah he pretty cool to i think see. he was uh, i think he was a minnesota timberwolf and then once he got drafted by the team i think he decided to try to look like a wolf he yeah like he joined a biker bar he's owned <laughs> some couple biker bars and Good stuff and he looked like a biker and yeah i like cherokee parks yeah me too, was, me too me <laughs> too me too because everyone always tries to clown dude because they say like it's goofy white guys but these guys are getting your ass man like yep. And that that's the thing is they always try to punk them. But Cherokee looked like a choir boy, but he would, you know, <laughs> he, would, he, he would kill you. Yeah. All right. Let's move it on. So the LeBron James crotch watch. I saw the Lakers. If the season were to end today, they are out of the playoffs. Although I, I imagine it's going to change. I think they'll sneak into the playoffs. So good for them. But he's close to coming back. Right, man? Yeah, I think he's coming back uh, Thursday night, which is tomorrow. But that will already pass. Yeah, by the so time this drops. Be, yeah. Yeah, so I think Thursday night is what he's slated for coming back. Um, and 
they need him and we'll we'll see what happens with this whole whole ad thing and what's going on but the yes the bull, yeah that's so. what i want to talk about so it, davis davis wants out and you know i know he got fined i guess he got fined 50 grand because it was a quote-unquote a public trade request I, I wonder if his agent's gonna you know give that back to him because that's you know, I'd be a little pissed if my agent cost me, even if I'm making millions of dollars a year, I'd be a little pissed that my agent cost me 50K. But right. um, yeah, I mean, the, uh, the the idea is that he wants to go to the Lakers. This is kind of what bugs me about it, though. Like, I don't mind a trade request. <clears throat> and, you know, to some degree, I, I kind of like the honesty. But for him to come out and say, look, trade me to the Lakers, any other team, I'm not going to sign an extension there. Is yeah. Well, he hasn't said that yet. Okay. 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 Because that's what uh, maybe it was. Uh, maybe the line was maybe the feeling around the NBA is that. But I, I read it somewhere. Maybe it wasn't attributed to him. So I apologize. Right. About that. And there are there are sources that are saying there's about four teams that he would prefer to go to. Um, so everyone's thinking it's Lakers because it's a Rich Paul. He's a Rich Paul um, client, and LeBron James is Rich Paul's biggest client and best friend. <laughs> sure. Um, and so it was kind of the writing was on the wall as soon as kind of he dumped his agency this summer and signed with Rich Paul um, that everyone was thinking um, Lakers. But I think AD did it the right way. He's he's committed to playing throughout the rest of the season. Um, he hasn't said, like, trade me now. Like, I don't I'm not going to play until I'm traded. He's not sitting at home. He'll play throughout the rest of the season He's given them enough time to try to make a deal, um, you know, and they haven't put anything around him. Um, and I don't he, he he has signed a couple extensions with them. At a certain point, you start to see like, all right, like nothing's going to happen here in New Orleans. Like I need to I need to get with something, you know, you, you can't win alone. So I don't I don't blame him. Yeah, I don't. And it was like the LeBron thing. I mean, how many times are you going to sign with Cleveland and uh, and have your ownership betray you? And I think it, to, to New Orleans's credit, I, you know, I, I think they they were better than Cleveland was to LeBron. I think a lot of a lot of teams. Oh, were. I think so too. Yeah, yeah. I, they tried it, but they couldn't get it done. And so him him just letting the team know that he's not going to sign there. You know, I don't have any problem with that. And in fact, I think that's the right thing to do if you're not going to sign there. Because, you know, why you know, let your team try to get something, whether it's expiring contracts, whether it's draft picks or whatever. But you well, know, he knows what's out there for him. I mean, I think I think the Lakers are willing to throw in a Brandon Ingram, Alonzo. Like, those are good young players. Like, if, if, if you're going to, if your team's going to have to give up, you, you might, I mean, and you're looking out for them too. Like, I don't think he has any ill will. He signed a couple extensions with them. He, you know, has been committed to them. But at a certain point, you know, the media and everybody else, the the media and everybody else judges these guys on wins. So I never, you know, I never take it out against them when they're trying to go win, you know, because ultimately that's what they're what they're judged on. Um, you could be a Tracy McGrady and score a bunch of points and all that stuff and make all-star games, but you never win anything. It doesn't, it doesn't matter. You know, I, it's, it's crazy to me that, that people are giving him backlash. He's not sitting out. He's not, he hasn't even said anything publicly. Um, that was all done through his agency. Um, and supposedly he spent an hour and a half with the Pelicans coach the other day 
after it came out and he's fully committed to playing the rest of the year and yeah. and trying to see where they can go. You yeah, know, and that's he's all you just can... saying I in the future I don't plan to sign the Supermax. You know, and honestly their front eight their front office hasn't done any they haven't made any moves all year. They've had a ton of injuries. They haven't made any moves. They they didn't go after Austin Rivers. They didn't go after Kenneth Fareed. They didn't go after anybody that are just small pieces to try to help them win. You know, they're not a terrible team, but you have to be able to get yeah, guys adapt. in there to help. Yeah, you know. Um, so we'll see. All right, man. Yeah, I don't like. I said, I just I don't like. I didn't like. I should say them. You know, him saying he only wanted to go to the Lakers. But if that's not the case, then uh, then more power to him, man. More power to him. Yeah, I don't think he can outright say that, anyways, because then I think, um, I think there's some sort of laws in there and all that crap. They don't want it to be it's kind of seen like as tampering, tampering right? and yeah, like opposite ways. I think that's why. Kawhi has never come out and said, I want to play in L.A. I want to play for the Clippers. Like, he was just, everyone from his camp was saying, you know, he'd prefer to be out west. But, you know, we shall see. And, we, I mean, I, it's going to be interesting to see if the Lakers don't go for him now. And they're going to have to give up a lot. And they might just be like, listen, I don't want to give up that much. We might as well wait. But if once they can get into once the Pelicans can get into the summer, the Celtics then become a big, mm, yeah, a big target. They can't go after him now because there's some weird Rose rule that Kyrie got there. So now they can't go get Anthony because they got Kyrie and there's like this weird rule. Mm. So the Celtics aren't in the play. They can't they can't trade for him right now. But this summer they could say. We'll give you Jalen Brown. We'll give you Marcus Smart. We'll may even give you Tatum if Kyrie's going to stay. But now I hear Kyrie may not stay. <laughs> so um, because him and LeBron are starting to be best friends again. Oh, and gosh. now there's talk. There's talk that AD goes to L.A. Then Kyrie comes to L.A. And now you have a L.A. with Kyrie, LeBron, AD. And you're going to have to fill in a bunch of pieces. <laughs> so... So like the NBA, NBA soap opera, man, all all the time. So Kyrie, are they going to send him on a boat and ship him east, <laughs> and then see if he comes around the circumference of the, of the, of the world, and then and then end up in L.A.? Do you think why he'll you go for hate, that? Why are you always hating on my guy, man? You're always hating on my guy, <laughs> man. When you come out and you're in the uh, you're in the tinfoil club, you're in the the Earth is flat club. You're gonna get you're gonna get rocked. My so you got to throw Steph Curry in there because he said we never went to the moon. Oh gosh, one of these people, these people. <laughs> He was joking Steph. too, the same way Kyrie was. No, nah, man, Kyrie's taking it a little bit too far. All right, I'm gonna, I'm far. gonna send you some info. <laughs> I'm gonna send you some literature when you're sick at home on your deathbed. You can read about it. Oh man, this freaking these NBA players, man. The Earth is Paul flat. George. Actually, it was pretty cool. Paul George just had a had a high school basketball tournament at Kennedy Space Center this last weekend. He flew in for it. Um, and a guy that we went to school with that is now coaching one of those teams. Mm. There was only four teams in it, and one of their teams was, oh, cool. was Masters Academy that played in it. And Paul George was there. It was an outdoor high school basketball game, played outdoor, but it was like wood floors, but it was like right on the base. Oh, cool. And Paul George did like a collaboration with Nike and NASA, 
And so all the players got the shoes and all this stuff. So it was pretty cool. That was very good. Very good. Yeah. Oh, uh, I was gonna say. Oh, so my favorite the uh, the Earth is the Earth is flat thing that I saw. I might have mentioned this last time. I was I was razzing you about uh, Kyrie about that, but there was a guy who took a picture. Um, this is so stupid. Some guy <laughs> took a picture, uh, and like I don't know if he was on like a desert plane or something, but like it just basically the whole horizon was flat, right? And there was yeah. a light tower on one side and like a light tower on the other. And he took the picture and he posted it online. And he said, "Look, if the Earth was round, how come there's not a curve in this picture?" <laughs> like, how do you how do you even have a conversation with these people? Oh my gosh, I don't know, man. People uh, are. People are dumb. Yeah, what can you say? Uh, so, hey, but Bavada has uh, obviously the Warriors. Um, you know, the, the the odds improve. I think weekly now um, with the Warriors. You know, possibly <laughs> winning the NBA championship. I looked. Uh, you know, as I do every week, I kind of look at the standings. I see that the Warriors have won eleven in a row. Um, they're, they're completely tightening their grip on the Western conference, which I don't think either one of us, me and you, Sam, were surprised. I know there were some people earlier in the season saying, Oh, look, you know, look what Oklahoma city's doing and all that stuff. But yeah, um, they're fighting. Right. They're going to fight. Yeah, Yeah. it is. So like you said, it's a soap (laughs) opera, but man, they're just, they're so freaking good. But the interesting thing. So I looked at the, the Eastern conference and the Celtics look to be, Look, I know the Bucks are doing their thing. I know the the Raptors are doing their thing too. I think the Celtics might even be behind the Pacers, although Oladipo's out, so that's going to change. Um, you know, the the Celtics are starting to look like they're they're kind of putting it and turning it into gear. What do you think about them? They, you know, they're frustrating because they start to, and then they'll, you know, they'll lose a game they really shouldn't lose. Um, Gordon Hayward is just not the same player. Oh no, um, that he used to be. Um, I feel like, you know, the last year that, you know, when those guys were playing really good was really good for them individually. But I don't know if that's been the best for the team because they use so many egos, um, but they seem to be in a little bit better place than they were. Um, you're just going to we're going to have to see. We're going to have to see how this all plays out. I believe in Brad Stevens. So. Uh, whatever Brad puts in place, I, 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 uh, I will follow, but they, they seem, you know, they're, they're playing better. Um, but Milwaukee's really good. Um, Raptors have slowed down a little bit. Um, Philly is, they're all over the place. So, I mean, I think it's, you know, right now Milwaukee's owning it, but we'll, we'll see how it gets when we, uh, you know, when we get in the playoffs and, and all those things. Very good. You get on that uh, that Netflix that Slobby Robbie show yet? Not yet, man. Not yet. Yeah, I know. It's all about time. Uh, I watched that Fry Festival documentary. Oh, on I was. I, that's on my list. Is that good? Fire, fire. <laughs> oh, it's so good. Let me know what you think about the old guy in the show. Oh, um, I'll, I'll tell you what. I'll watch it uh, because it's been on my list for about a week now. Um, you know, the the short list. So I'll give that a watch sometime this weekend. Yeah, Jaw Rule's really annoying, but <laughs> of course, right. The, and the guy who puts on the puts on the place, like I don't know why people would give this guy a dollar, because um, he's so slimy. Um, but yeah, uh, it's it's a it's a good watch for sure. All right, let me hit you before we go. Let me hit you with some of these prop bets. Um, again, these are BavadaSportsbook.com. You can find all this stuff. But I I have three for you, um, three of kind of the entertaining ones. So first of all, the national anthem. Uh, this is one of my favorite ones every year. Uh, the national anthem, Gladys Knight's going to be singing it. Do you think she? Uh, they're listing the over-under at a minute and 47. Do you think it'll go longer than a minute 47 or, or under a minute 47? Longer. 
You think longer? You and Brad were both longer. I'm going to write this down here. I'm on the under, man, because like every year, every year I always think they're going to go over and then it ends up being like 90 seconds. So I, I feel like there are people like in the uh, NFL, like having them rehearse what they're going to do and just saying to keep it at 90 seconds, keep it at 90 seconds. I think, I think she's a soul sister, man. She's going to go up there and, uh, belt out a and, few and lines, stretch, stretch those cords, man. I think, I think we might, uh, yeah, do I know what? I mean, I don't know what the average is. So I, I don't know either. Totally oversuiting myself here. Well, but and, I'm gonna say over just because she can hold a note. I remember. I think Christine Aguilera did it either last year, or a couple of years ago, and the over under was like two minutes. So I know they brought it down. I think the average is lower, but I don't know, oh, man. Yeah. Sometimes, sometimes, like you said, Soul Sister, right? Sometimes these like uh, these singers will just kind of try to take over the show. Yeah, so. yeah, yeah. I told Brad I was wondering if uh, who's going to be the first national anthem singer that we see on the on the uh, in the Super Bowl that gets nervous and then has to look at their hands for the words like the Michael Bolton move. It's not going to be Gladys Knight. No, no, oh, yeah, I around. think she'll... she's been around for a long time. It's good to the... have some like random like twenty two year old. Then I would say, yeah, all right, someone's going to faint. <laughs> or something <laughs> it's getting to the point now where it gives me so much anxiety because so many people are watching this one person singing the national anthem i can't even watch the national anthem anymore it gives me anxiety because i feel so much anxiety for them because if it were me up there i'd completely i completely screw it up i guess you have to really just not think about where you're at yeah and like how many people are watching because if you do i don't care who you are like if you think about like the amount of eyeballs on you like that's unbelievable. Well, hopefully these these stadiums too, they have like a projector or like some kind of thing that they can see the words because forgetting the words should never be an option at this point, especially in that stage. Right. Can you imagine if like if um if she like forgot the words or somebody got forgets the words, like what we would hear from the president like immediately, you know, with his oh, yeah. with his anti NFL. <clears throat> yeah. Yeah. Really, we would get it. Uh, yeah. so here's another one. Um which coach this is after the kickoff. So after the kickoff. Which coach will be mentioned first? Is it going to be McVeigh or Belichick? Belichick. Yeah, I think. Yeah, I think Brad. Brad and I were so we're three for three on that between the two podcasts. The last one I'm gonna. No, I got two more to hit you with. Uh, how many times um, over under one and a half? How many times will Giselle Bunchen be shown? Will it be more than one and a half? Or will be less than one and a half. More than one and a half. Yeah, Brad and I were on that one. Brad's like, he says it's going to be like 13. Um, yeah. I think that was another one he might have wagered on in the middle of the show. Because <laughs> he's like, how? there's no way she's going to be shown. One and a half, than, yeah. She's going to be there up in the box yeah. with her jersey on. They're going to, I don't know how many times they showed her in the last two. It's got to be over 30 combined. Yeah, I know it's been more than two. Um, well, the last I'm placing my bet on that one. Yeah, that one, the half point at halftime. And here's another one. Okay, so what will the main color of Adam Levine's top be at the halftime show? Black or any other color? Any other color. Oh, so Brad and I went uh, both with that. But now that I'm thinking about it, I think he might come out. Or he's not going to wear his shirt. Yeah, right? He likes being shirtless. I think for the Super Bowl he'll wear a shirt, but now I'm thinking he might wear white. I'm going to stick with black. I'm going to stick with black, but it might be white. Nah, he's wearing a different color. Yeah. All right, he wants to here. shine. Yeah, man. Why wouldn't you? He might have a mesh top on. He could, man. That'd be yeah. that'd be fire. But it mesh might be a black mesh. Top. If it's black mesh, if it qualifies. If it's black mesh, does that qualify? I believe so, man. It's the main color, of the okay. shirt, and it's okay. the fabric that's the fabric that matters All right. in this. I think. If he's wearing black, I'm saying it's black mesh. I was gonna say um, I, what oh, a prop that I would have liked to have seen, but isn't out there is uh, is is. What's what's going to be more the amount of time Donald Trump tweets 
during the game or the amount of interceptions that Jared Goff throws. And I have Goff throwing two. This is my own handicap here. I have Goff throwing Mm -hmm. two, and I have Trump tweeting four times. I like that. So I would have taken I would have taken Trump on uh, on basically who's gonna who's gonna do what more. I think Trump mm-hmm. out tweets Jared Goff's interceptions. That's just a a really stupid, <laughs> really stupid made up uh, line that's not available anywhere. But that's uh, that's what I'm taking. All right, let's let's have our own one here too. Okay, mm-hmm. so Big Boy is gonna come out during mm-hmm. the halftime performance as well. Mm-hmm. What kind of hat is Big Boy gonna Ooh. be wearing? An Atlanta Braves hat? Or any other. I'm gonna say it's any other. I think he's gonna come out in one of those like really trumped up um, fedoras with like a feather in it. So. I'm gonna say Atlanta Braves. Hat. You think? It, well, I mean, it's in Atlanta, right? And that's why part yeah. of the reason why he's gonna be out there. Right. That's, a, that's a good bet that he wears something I hope Atlanta. Andre 3000 comes out too. That would be I sweet. Think just, yeah, I hope but, he does. Yeah, it'll be tight. Oh man! So is it only them? Um, the Maroon Five and uh, and Big Boy and Travis Scott, which is a new rapper. All right. Yeah. Well, hopefully Travis which... Scott is just Andre Three Thousand in disguise. <laughs> like he comes see. out, and it's like a Scooby Doo kind of thing. He takes out the Travis Scott max mask, and it's uh that it's or they're in like a joint costume, like where the front is Travis Scott, and then he turns around, <laughs> and, and Andre Three Thousand's like in the back. It's like a scarecrow costume. Yeah, yeah. And they just kind of turn around. Yeah. But they're like legs are taped together, like underneath. So, like. (laughs) They're like, no, it's like, it's like, what is it, the potato sack race? They're in a potato sack and they come out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or like, he's got like a baby on his back. (laughs) It's like Andre 3000, like in a baby Bjorn. (laughs) Well, they'll. You know what? If that's not the plan, I hope somebody's watch, watching this and trying yeah, to fast track in that. Why are we like creative directors? For the I don't Super know. Bowl? Man. You know yeah. what though? That um, that Katy Perry performance is still one of the best for me of all time. Where she comes yeah. out on that uh, that like um, with that, the shark. Well, the shark. No, but when she came out, and I think she was singing that. Is it Roar? I don't know what even know what the song is. But she she came out and. Um, and like these people, she was like standing on this big, like twenty or thirty foot, like fake elephants or something, or like a horse. Yeah, I remember. That was pretty wild. And Lady Gaga's was pretty good too. Oh, she yeah. like jumped she, off the stadium. She, hers was good. I thought Coldplay was good when they. Uh, yeah, they did. Uh, who did they have come out in the middle of the show there? Beyonce. Oh yeah, the fart wave where she came out yeah. and she was twerking and she was like waving her fart away. Yeah, I remember that. I was I, I I could never figure out why that wasn't picked up. That should be, that should have been a meme. Maybe the best one there. was the Red Hot Chili Peppers with Bruno Mars. Yeah, I felt like that, that was, was really like good. one of the really good ones. You know, but Bruno Mars does see. a hell of a job with those. Oh, things. he's a man. Oh, Bruno Mars is the man. Yeah, there have been some really good ones as of late. I don't know. I mean, Maroon Five. I've seen them in concert before. They're pretty Justin good. Justin Timberlake did a pretty good job last year. He did a great um, job for being a yeah. solo act, but I was kind of put off. Like, I I wanted him he should to have, have had people right. Yeah, he should have brought people out. Yeah. I was disappointed. Like, he did a, fa- a fantastic job, but I feel like I feel like Justin Timberlake came out like wanting wanting because it, so many people had split to show up. I think he wanted to show everybody like he right. could hold the entertainment, and he did a great job. But because everybody else had been bringing out these mashups. It's like what I was waiting right. to see. Like people, I was, yeah, it was like people were kind of expecting it. He did the nice Prince tribute yeah. at the end because it was in Minneapolis. Yeah. But yeah, I think people were 
I, you know, I was hoping for Britney Spears, but or that know. would have been that would have been a really good for TV moment, or like right. just like a quick in, in sync like kind of yeah. thing, just to like you know. But I guess he had just nostalgia. done that at the he just done that yeah. at some music awards, so it wasn't going to yeah. be it. But they should have brought Janet Jackson out and pulled the other two. Oh <laughs> yeah, another star nipple ring. Right? <laughs> yeah. That's it, man. <laughs> that would have been a good one. You gotta have some something to bring the house down. Yeah, yeah. He would have been banned from everything for life, like any live show. <laughs> Worth it. Worth it. <laughs> Worth it. He probably Legend. had a lot of stuff like in his contract. Like if, if any if any yeah. boobs get exposed in this one, even yours, yeah. you get paid. Yep. All right. Well, I think we can end it there, bud. Unless you get anything else. That was a good one, man. No, that was fun. Yeah, it was a good podcast, man. I love the Super Bowl. Love Super Bowl week. And we'll be uh, we'll be getting into some other stuff heavy. So, everybody, I uh, hope you'll go out. Have a great week. Have a great weekend. Enjoy the uh, the big game. And uh, be good. Be good, be healthy.